the twilight, these sisters discuss the paranormal and the unnerving. They are known as the Parasisters. Hey, what's up? I'm Rebecca. And I'm Tristan. And we are the Parasisters. And we are coming to you from Colorado and Nevada, respectively. Right, Tristan? You're in Nevada? Yes. Yes, uh, I am. Like, I'm like, oh, you don't know where you live. You're in Nevada, Tristan. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, what we are doing today is we're going to go over some really spooky and creepy stuff, hopefully. And uh, this is what we're trying to do. We're going to do a weekly thing where we are going to surprise each other with a spooky place or, um, I don't know, maybe a person. I don't know. <laughs> um, anyway, it's a surprise. And so um, we hope you guys will subscribe and share. And I just learned that if I tell you to notify or do the notifications, then you will have to do the notifications, obviously. And then you will see our new content come out and you will have to go and look for us when we post new things. So please do that. I'm not very good at YouTube, so I'm counting on um, our fans, really. Yes. Because <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm just talking like I always do. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just spotted a Sasquatch in the house. Oh, shnikes. <laughs> is it the, the great North American Sasquatch? It is. It is. He's from Nevada. <laughs> oh, he's a desert Sasquatch. Does he have camouflage? Did you see him? He just walked by. Yep. Does he have sand camouflage? He's covered. He's covered with sand. Desert camoed. He's got. He's got blonde hair instead of brown. No, he is brown. Oh, but. that's okay. That's pretty cool. Yes. All right. So Tristan, you have no idea what my subject was, do you? No, and I'm really very excited to find out. Okay, so I have quite a bit stuff to talk about. I don't know if you can see this. I've handwritten a small book um, <laughs> in preparation for today. And so I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that it is called The Croak Patterson Inn. And it is supposedly um, one of the most spiritual, they, that's not my word, this is the word I found on the internet, um, places. And I don't think they mean spiritual like godly i think they mean more like um the spirit world <laughs> um right in denver it's also one of the oldest um surviving residences of the city of denver um of course colorado is a very old um state we you know they people have been here since uh the early uh, i don't mean people because that's terrible obviously but <laughs> um white settlers have been here <laughs> since the early 1800s <laughs> um so this house was, um, it's very nice. I might try to find some photos to throw up. I should have done that before we started, but I obviously wasn't very prepared. Okay, um, so the Croak Patterson Inn. It is on 11th in Pennsylvania in downtown Denver. Well, downtown Denver. Um, and like I said, it's one of the oldest residences. So it was um, built by a man named Thomas Bernard Croke, who was, um, he was born in 1856 to Irish immigrants and they lived in Wisconsin. He was a school teacher 
in Wisconsin, and he was pretty young. Um, he he was like 19 or 20, I think, when he was a school teacher, which I think is so young to be a school teacher for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. But I guess in the 1800s, that's pretty normal. I don't know. So um, in 1874, him and several younger siblings, it just says several, it doesn't say how many or how much younger, but they moved to Denver. Um, Thomas had, um, I think moved here with the purpose of teaching, but then decided not to for whatever reason. Um, so he obviously had to find a job cause he had to live. Right. So right. he took a job as a clerk in a carpet in the carpet department of, um, was a really famous, um, uh, department store called Daniels and Fisher, which was also downtown Denver. So he was working there. He started as a clerk. He eventually moved up to a manager. Um, after that, as far as I can tell, he somehow had um, a couple of different accounts. So one says that he got a loan or money from Daniels and Fisher. And then another account kind of says that he um, went into partnership with them. And he was a, a third... Um, he received a third of the of the interest in the Daniels and Fisher department store. So either okay. way, either way, he um, eventually opened his own store, and it was okay. it was called the Thomas B. Croak and Company. And I'm, I think it was a furniture store. Some people say it's a it was a carpet store. I, it probably sold both, honestly. Um, so this store apparently was so popular back then that he became very very wealthy. And he was able to build a house on Quality Hill, is what they called it back then, which it was Quality Hill neighborhood. And I'm sure you could imagine just from the name that a lot of people of quality lived there. <laughs> like the upper crust, like the ton, like the ton of Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly right. So yeah, this would be like the high society people. This is where they built their mansions. And um, so he started basically to build a mansion. So December 1890, he um, pulls a permit from the city of Denver to build an $18,000 brick and stone dwelling. So $18,000 in today's money is just over like half a million. It's like 509000 So um, that's quite a bit of money. But not, yeah. it's weird because the place is huge. I mean, I'm kind of going to talk about how huge it is, but like, it's ginormous. And for that much money, like, I feel like, geez, if I could build a house for that cheap nowadays, that'd be insane, right? So. I just want the 18000 Like, I'm good with that. Yeah, like, I, I <laughs> right, I'd probably buy some property or something. I don't know. <laughs> but right. I wouldn't build, like, a huge mansion. I don't know. But, um, so, yeah, so it's 11th and Pennsylvania downtown. Um, I have not actually, I may have seen the building. I don't, I didn't realize that that was the building, but it's a very, very beautiful building. I'm going to have pictures at some point, I think. Um, so it was a chateau style building and it was, um, red sandstone, which is local. I'm not sure how local, I think it was state local, <laughs> you know, so. Well, Red Rock Canyon, don't they have a lot of red sandstone, don't they? Um, yeah, and I think it actually came from down south for some reason. I think they said Manitou, um, which the Garden of the Gods is near there, and it's also very similar with the red um, sandstone. 
Okay. Right. So um, this was a chateau style. So it had um, gables and turrets and um, it was meant to mimic a 16th century French chateau. And I have the chateau written down. I'm pretty sure how to pronounce it, but I'm kind of scared. But I'll say it's the the Aisle Redoux. And um, the, so it's a 16th century chateau in France. And anybody could look it up if they could spell it, but I can't. So there you go. <laughs> um, so today, the mansion is considered uh, one of Denver's finest examples of the chateauesque style. And it is the only surviving mansion in Denver, unfortunately, of that style. There were three other ones that were torn down, sadly. So, you know, but... Um, it's I very, hate when they destroy history. It's awful, right? I'm like, I don't it understand. It is awful. I don't understand why they do it. I think they, like, go through and they say, well, this is old. Let's get rid of that. And I'm just like, I don't know why, but. It's bullshit, really. It really is. I think they should be punched in the throat, but I don't. I, well, I was going <laughs> to say further south, but that don't work <laughs> for me. <laughs> They're like, let's hit them in the family jewels. Um <laughs> Okay, so Croke hired a contractor named J.M. Cochran, who I'm assuming is famous. I'm not, I didn't do too much research about him because I didn't really care. But <laughs> um, he also hired the noted architect Isaac Hodgson, Hodgson Jr., who designed, um, he was pretty famous for designing these types of homes, the um, chateauesque style. So he did one that was just a couple of blocks away, which got torn down. And then he's also built a couple in Portland and Omaha. So, this is a huge house. Like, it is huge. It is three stories um, of the main house, and then it also has a full basement. It is, um, the facade is, you know, it looks like a castle. It's got turrets and spires and finials and dormers, and it has bay windows, and it has all these arched doorways, and of course a ton of, like, woodwork inside, like, crate, like, beams, and it's just so, it's really nice. Um, they even had an archway that connected the main house to the stable house or the carriage house and it the carriage house is the an exact miniature of the main house which i thought was really cool um it has I all of this place already i've never even seen it and i freaking love it it's so pretty i wish i would have sent you pictures but i'm an idiot so that's it is what it is i guess this <laughs> maybe you could do like open a google window and do a little side search i don't know <laughs> i could yeah yeah so um it has all of its original, for the most part, stained glass window. Um, it has a library. It has a parlor. It has a dining room. And they all have their own fireplaces. And there's also, like, a fireplace in the entrance hall, which is huge. Like, it's a huge entranceway. And it has, like, this beautiful grand staircase. And it has, like, this gorgeous fireplace. And um, I think before... I'm not sure about the new renovations, but they tried to keep all the old, like, tile work around the fireplaces, and um, I think they really wanted to maintain that, you know, original. I love that. I love that. Yeah, no. Um, t totally love it. <laughs> like, um, so there were eight or nine, I think there's nine bedrooms, uh, a child's playroom, and there's even, like, a grand ballroom in the basement. <laughs> which oh. Yeah, it's, like, crazy, right? <laughs> so... In um, 1887, Thomas's wife, Margaret, dies. So he moves into the house with just his 
his children and his parents. So his mother dies shortly after um, they move in. And I'm not sure if she dies in the house or not, but um, she dies pretty quickly afterwards. So um, historians agree for the most part that he lived there for about six months and then he trades the house to someone else named Thomas Patterson. So there are a couple of legends that go with that. Some say that Thomas Croak walks into the house after it's completed and decides that it has kind of like a weird feeling to it. And he doesn't want to live there. And so some, some accounts say he walks in, looks around. He didn't even tour the whole house, turns around and leaves and never actually lives in the house. And then some um, claim that he had some trouble in the market. Like he lost a ton of money in silver. And so he, um, he just decided that the house's upkeep was going to be too much. So he didn't even move in. But I, like I said, I think historians pretty much agree. He lived there for like six months and then decided to move out. Ah, right. So, um, so he trades his house to Thomas Patterson, who is also an Irish immigrant. So he, he immigrates from, um, Ireland with his parents when he's 10 and they go to New York and then they finally settle in Indiana. Um, he served in the 11th infantry during the civil war and, uh, he became a lawyer in, um, Indiana and he eventually moves to Denver where he, um, he continues his law career and he actually becomes a journalist when which he actually buys a newspaper and it's like the Rocky mountain something. And then he, I think he also had a controlling stake in like the Denver post or something. I, I don't remember exactly what it is, but then he ran for political office, eventually becoming a Congressman and a Senator. So in, um, like I said, in that guy's eight, impressive. No, yeah, totally right. Like he's an Irish immigrant, and Irish people had it pretty bad back then. So very bad for him to, you know, move from Ireland when he's a kid, and then come become a lawyer, and then become you know a congressman and a senator. That's impressive. I'm like, it's, it's just impressive. So, um, like I said, in 1893, he purchases the mansion, and they actually do like a trade. So, um, Patterson doesn't want to live in the, or Croak doesn't want to live in the mansion anymore. So Patterson and him decide to trade the mansion for, um, I think it's like 1400 acres of farmland or a ranch. So Croak moves away to this, um, farmland. Patterson and his family move into the home and, um, you know, they spend, 30 years in the home before they oh, wow. eventually sell it. Of course, um, their, their, their story is not completely tragic free, you know? So there's, um, a lot of tragedy. The, the son in 1892, he kills himself. And then his, his daughter at 26, um, or I think she's 27 in 1894. She dies of, an illness just it says illness they don't know um really what she dies of um at that point they had owned the house so i'm not sure if she actually ended up dying in the house or not the son did not probably just because of the timeline um 
So then they that leaves one daughter left. Um, so in July 16th, 1902, Catherine, who is um, Thomas Patterson's wife, she dies in the home due to a nervous collapse that was brought on from cholera morbus, which I'm not exactly sure what that is, but cholera, as far as I can tell. Right. Um, and then I found like a random, it was just so random because I can't find out who this person is, but Mary G. Patterson is her name and her and an infant supposedly die in the home, but I can't find anything about her. It's really strange. Um, I don't even know. It's just strange that it even mentions her, but has absolutely no detail about her. So maybe that contributes to some stuff. I'm not sure, but you know, <laughs> well, maybe we can do some research about it. Cause I have a website that I go to Yeah, that has the obituary obituary. I cannot talk. <laughs> it tells you about death yeah. that have happened since the early 1800s. And it lists every death since they started taking record of it in the United States. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I yeah, might have to so, get, yeah, no, I, yeah, I would actually not mind doing some research about it. Cause it's a, a lot of stuff back then, obviously records weren't greatly kept, but you should be able to find, you know, something about someone that, you know, supposedly died. Yeah, totally. I mean, I know enough about her to know, have her name. And yeah, exactly. So we'll see if we can find that and then we can update that on our next one. Yeah, no, that'd be awesome, actually. Yeah, totally. Okay. So, okay, like I said, the family spent 30 years in the house um, before they eventually sell. I think it was in like 1824 or something like that. Um, they decided to buy a newer mansion, which is actually funny. The house that they moved into was now the botanical gardens, like head quarters or like their offices, which I thought was really strange. I don't know why, but, um, so they moved away and so, um, they sold the house to a realtor company and, um, I think they owned it for quite a while, but in the years it was, um, a lot of different things. So right after they sold it in, um, 18, I'm sorry, 1929, it was a school for orchestra. Um, which was, it's weird because <laughs> it's like a house, you know? Right. So, so it was a school for orchestra. It was a radio station at one point, And then it eventually was turned into apartments and it was apartments for quite a while. I think there were like seven apartments in the building. And then, um, somebody came along and turned it into office, office spaces. So in 1972, um, of course this, the, the croak, Patterson Mansion is all these things in that time period. So in 1972, another mansion was demolished, which kind of gets people like really upset. They're like, <laughs> they're like, stop doing this. And then they start looking around that um, there's all these beautiful buildings that they want to save. So they, um, this woman, her name was Mary Ray, and she was a realtor, and she fell in love with this house. She saw it, and she decided that she had to have it, so she ends up buying the house, and um, she, she she saved the house's life. I mean, if it weren't for her, it would have totally been demolished. Oh, good for her. Yeah, no, totally. And she actually, um, she kept it as... 
apartments. She never lived there, but she kept it as apartments for, I'm not exactly sure how long, but um, in 1973, it was listed as a Denver landmark, and it was also la um, added to the National Register of Historic Places. Nice. So it will obviously never be torn down, thankfully. Um, so in 2011, the mansion is sold again, and the renovation begins to convert this to a beautiful upscale bed and breakfast, which is actually what it, what it is now. Um, Brian Higgins, he is the owner. I'm not sure if he's the current owner because I actually saw that this house was for sale in 2017 or 18. So I'm not sure if he sold it or he had it on the market and then decided not to sell it. But in 2011, he was the one that owned it and he um, was a director and an architect, which is a really weird combination, I think. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Right. So, and he decides that he's going to start making a documentary about the renovation of this really old, beautiful building. And it's called The Castle Project. And it actually ended up turning into like a paranormal, like, film where he has apparently all these people all these you know researchers come in and try to like you know figure out what's going on in the house so um yeah that's pretty much the modern history so it is a bed and breakfast it's insanely expensive to stay there but it's so nice and i will be staying there at some point <laughs> hopefully yes. hopefully not alone <laughs> i won't be there alone but <laughs> I know Andrew won't go with me because he's afraid of ghosts. No, no, this is so, going to be on our tour. Yes, most definitely. Yeah, so this will have to be one of the stops um, in Colorado for sure. It's very expensive, but we could we, maybe we can afford to stay one night there. Hopefully, our uh, maybe our, if we <laughs> tell them that we're doing it for like like study purposes. Oh right, like yeah, like they'll give us a break, a discount. Maybe. Maybe. I feel like I want to book it now because with COVID, there's a lot of cheaper prices. <laughs> Could you imagine? I want to book this for 10 years out, please. <laughs> They'd be like, uh, no. <laughs> and and I, want, I want this discount price. It's $39 a night. I exactly got right. Price. 10 years from now, I need to pay $39 a night, please. <laughs> yes. I will even prepay if you want. <laughs> I don't think they would go for that, honestly. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> They'd be like, you're crazy. Get out of here. <laughs> okay. So now, um, that's kind of the history, and we get into the spookiness. The, the spookiness. And apparently, there was there's quite a bit of stuff that goes on, and some of it's kind of unsubstantiated. And I actually saw that... Um, this website had like a whole list of things that they are pretty sure that people made up to sound, to make the place sound like a little scarier than it is. You know, <laughs> I did not add any of those claims in my list of stuff because I was worried that someone's going to say, Hey, you're a liar. Right. Right. <laughs> and I just wanted everyone to know that I'm not making any of this up. This is all stuff that I found um, through research. So <laughs> if you have a problem with it, don't come to me with that. <laughs> it's not my Also, <laughs> on the flip side of that coin, if you have been to this place and you've had experiences, please leave us a comment. Total, oh, my gosh. I We could totally interview you if that's the case. Right, like, because I, I love firsthand accounts of 
activity. Yes, I've I actually never even met anybody that's said yes for sure that they've like seen a ghost or like, you know. I've had stuff happen to me, but maybe that's like a different episode. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. So we can get into some stuff there. So there's not a lot of stuff before the 70s about it being haunted other than that one little like obscure legend where they say that, um, you know, Thomas Crowe walked in and decided that it just feels weird and doesn't want to live there. So um, in the 70s, the house starts to be renovated. And I think this is when they make it into office buildings is in the 70s. So... Um, and this is pretty much when it's marked that the, you know, the most documentation of hauntings comes from the beginning of this renovation. And so, um, which is weird because it obviously had been renovated before to be turned into apartment buildings, but I don't know. I don't know why nobody's really said anything before that about things that might be going on. <laughs> but Well, a lot of times, like if there are spirits in a place, right. I know that if they're unhappy with what you're doing, like may maybe just mm -hmm. regular renovation, just to make it more beautiful than it was. Right. Or just to keep it up to how it was. But when you go start changing it from its original purpose, I know a lot of spirits get angry about this. I have actually read a lot about that kind of phenomenon going on. When you change the basic principle of the property. Yeah, no, I've heard that too, that the, like spirits or like, I don't even want to say spirits, but like the energy of the house doesn't like that you um, are messing with its domain pretty much. So they get kind of mad about it. <laughs> right. Like that's original design. Like it upsets. Right. Like exactly. It, it causes an upset within the spiritual realm, let's say. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So they, you know, they start this renovation and so the workers pretty much um, right away start saying that they are hearing things and like just weird instances. So yeah, the workers um, would say that like they would leave in the night um, having done like all this work and they would come back and the work that they had done that day would be undone. Like, I don't know exactly what, because there's not really examples of what they're talking about. But I'm thinking like, oh, they put up some drywall and now the drywall has holes in it or something, you know? <laughs> like, so um, I don't think that they thought right away that it was necessarily like spiritual or, um, you know, paranormal. I, I, I know that they heard things, but probably didn't really think much of it. Um, so they actually decide to get some dogs, guard dogs, as um, to guard the property, because of. So I've heard, I've heard or read that nobody wanted to work there, like security wise, <laughs> because it seemed really creepy, and they couldn't get a security office, a security guard to come to the, you know, the place and and guard it. So they had to buy these dogs. Um, some claims are Dobermans, some are like German Shepherds, but either way, I'm not sure it matters that much. So they have these dogs and I think almost right away, the contractor comes in to um, start work one morning and the dogs are dead on the sidewalk. <laughs> and oh, apparently they had jumped from the third floor window 
onto the sidewalk. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so they don't know why the dogs did this. There's a couple of theories that um, apparently during the renovations, there was a lot of issues with homeless people. And I think that would might, you know, go to if the work is being undone, maybe the homeless people were doing it. So they think that maybe a homeless person had been in there and the dogs, I don't know, startled him or something. And he threw the dog out the window because there is another account where one of the dogs is dead and one of the dogs is down in the basement, like cowering in the corner, like terrified of something. Um, but I, I don't know. I just feel like if it was an actual person, that the dogs would do what they're trained to do. Well, that was and my the thought. Person out. Like that was my thought. And then also, I'm like, it would. It's. I don't know if a lot of people that are going to be listening to this have tried to pick up a large size dog <laughs> that does it very hard that does not want to be picked up and then throw it out of a window but it's really difficult <laughs> like right like, like really I'm difficult. That this homeless person would have to be inhuman himself yeah no it would have to like he'd have to be so strong and like i don't even know like it sounds really strange to me so, sounds very strange. Of course, it sounds really strange that dogs just randomly jump out of third floor windows unless they're really afraid and they're trying to get away from right. something. I don't know what. But <laughs> I just feel like it's not going to be a homeless person. That no, that's what I thought. I'm like, how likely is that? Really, I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna. I don't think. I don't think that if the dogs really jumped out of the third story window that it had anything to do with an actual human being. So I'm kind of with you on that. I just, I, I don't know. They're guard dogs. So they're, you know, they're trained, like you said, to get rid of people. <laughs> like, right. Like, I don't even know how someone would get into the property with these dogs there. So, you know, it's, it is what it is. I don't know, but it's really, it's really sad. And I feel bad for those dogs. <laughs> Me too. It's just, it's horrible and sad. So. Yes. Um, I guess all this stuff just keeps happening, but they eventually complete the construction of the offices and the offices open, but the activity does not stop there. So, um, people that are working in the offices are claiming that, um, a lot of weird stuff is happening. So equipment like typewriters and copy machines and even telephones will, um, just start operating on their own. So, um, like the telephones would probably start ringing and, um, you know, copying machines would just start. The weirdest part would be the typewriter, like clicking away. <laughs> yeah. Like by its in an empty room, like they're really specific that the room would be empty and they're hearing all these weird sounds. I love this place. I have so to go do here. I. I'm like, dang it. I'm sure it looks a lot different than it did because like back then, but. I don't know. I really want to go. And I'm like, it's so nice too. like, they did a good job with the restoration. So it's like, um, and then they would also, you know, have sudden drafts that would come up from the basement. Like, so, right. So they'd be standing there and it'd be like really cold all of a sudden. <laughs> and it would be like specifically coming from the basement, which of course basements are kind of chilly anyways, but a draft, right. a draft seems like really significant, especially after a remodel. Um, you would think they would kind of make those 
things better. I don't know. Well, so from experience of having a basement, right? You, basements are sealed under the ground. Unless there's yeah. a window open, you're not getting any draft. That's kind of what I thought. Like, I'm not sure where these drafts are coming from. I mean, because they're like 90% they're underground. Yeah, you're right. And this is like a full basement underground. It's not like a half, like, you know, a walkout basement or something. This is like a legitimate right. basement. So it's like, so on top of that, they would also hear apparently loud parties. And I don't know what kind of parties they are, these are, but like we're talking in the middle of the day um, during work, obviously office hours, there would be like a party going on on like the third I think, or the counting the basement, like the fourth floor, like the very top floor where people were not. That's not where people worked. There weren't people up there, but it would sound like a party happening. So Nice. I, mean, I like them. Yeah. And then I'm like wondering, I'm like, is it like an old school, like speakeasy party or is it like, like a, a, like a 20s flapper party? Yeah. Or is it yeah. like a, a ball from like the, the late Victorian, you know, like what kind of party is it? Maybe I want to join. <laughs> right. Is there booze? That's it, all I yeah, exactly. Know. Like even if there's ghosts, as long as you got liquor, I might be, I might be up for that. We'll see what happens. Right. <laughs> So um, there's also been um, sightings of a gentleman in, now I'm not sure what they mean by this, but they say in period clothing, and I'm assuming when they say period, they probably mean like before the 70s, <laughs> like probably maybe like turn of the century even, like. Right, so the period, when they say period clothing, they mean like the 1800s, like the mid to the late 1800s. Okay, gosh, I assume that's what they meant, but like it's not very specific, so <laughs> I don't know for sure. But yeah, so period clothing, and he, apparently this, this gentleman specter walks between the main house and the carriage house in the back, so kind of like in the archway of the main house and the the carriage house they would see this this gentleman and i guess some people claim that it's um thomas patterson the second owner and which kind of would make sense because they lived a long long time there and they actually lived there when he um not when he passed away but they owned the house still when he passed away in 1916 so he probably did have like a lot of ties with it you know Oh, probably. Um, they really loved this house from everything that I've read. Like, they, this was, I don't think it was their main house, but they would um, visit there quite frequently. And I think they had a lot of good times there, you know, so. Well, yeah, they're having parties in the afterlife, so it yeah, must be fantastic. totally. It must be really, like, it must be nice to be rich and dead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you ain't got nothing to worry about. <laughs> but you knew you were rich. That's what's important. <laughs> You gotta have those good times. Okay, so um, there's also stories of a baby that died, and the mom was so distraught that she killed herself. Again, these are kind of unsubstantiated, and I think these might fall into the category of people maybe made them up. But there are reports of um, the sound of a baby crying on the upper floors. Um, and I don't know, because so, there's a couple of stories about women and their babies. So I don't know what um, might be true, what might not be true. 
like I said, this thing was a lot, this house was a lot of different like things. So a lot of people obviously passed through this house at a lot of different times. So it's like, um, so there's one story where a pregnant woman lived there, but couldn't get out of bed. She was pregnant with triplets. And this is actually, um, I feel like she's the wife of somebody, but I can't remember who. I, I don't think it's too important, but <laughs> she was pregnant and she was really big because she was pregnant with triplets and she's like rolling around on her bed trying to get up, but she's so like big that she can't do it. And she looks up from her bed and sees like a lady standing there with her hand out to help her oh. up. And she apparently takes this woman's hand and the woman helps her get out of bed and she kind of goes to say thank you and the woman is completely gone. <laughs> like, there's nobody there. She's all by herself. Somehow got out of bed. I don't know. <laughs> that is creepy and disturbing all in the same thing because if yes. I'm like alone in my place and I can't get out of bed and somebody like just appears to help me out yeah i would drop them babies right there i'm not even lying yeah i'd be like <laughs> i'd be like it's time i don't even know oh shit i i, was, I read that and i was like what she took the hand like Why what are you doing <laughs> like what's happening like if someone's like hey let me help you i'd be like uh no I'm gonna, like, who the F are you? Uh, yeah, what are you doing in my yeah. house? <laughs> there, there'd be a lot of questions, and my least concern would be getting out of bed. But I'm like, right. like what's going on? What? what? Be like, are you the Grim Reaper? Seriously? <laughs> I'd be like, you know what? I don't even got to pee that bad. I'm good now. Thanks. No, yeah. I'll lay here until someone else comes. Thanks. Right. <laughs> Thank you. So um, uh, So then there's just like, you know, there's just so much stuff. Like, I wish I knew if it was all true or not, you know, <laughs> but a lot, like I said, there's a lot of instances with women and their babies. I'm not sure why, um, but a lot of different stories of like, oh, a woman's baby died and she went to like the cemetery and dug it, dug it up and brought it to the house and then buried it in the walls. Like, oh. just really weird stories like that, that I'm like, why would someone make that shit up? Like, that's creepy as fuck. Well. <laughs> like, right. I don't even know why someone would make that up. Like, it's really weird. It's, it's awful. It is awful. I'm just like, what is wrong with people? I don't even know. <laughs> like, I don't either. Yeah, no. But you know what? I have, I have heard stories um, about people who um, live in houses that somebody a woman and her baby died like in birth or whatever you know right and um i think it's a very common story where the woman the dead woman the ghost of her the spirit actually helps um women who are pregnant or have young children or babies in the house like i have seen very compelling footage of a baby laying in the bed and it's the same situation where the a, a woman and her baby had died in the house. Right. And I very compelling footage of a baby monitor, like one of those camera monitors. Yeah. Where uh, you don't actually see anything, but the baby is like fussing in the middle of the night. Right. And you hear singing. What? And then the baby calms. Yeah. It's, it's very creepy. <laughs> and the mom's like, that's not me. I'm like. That would be 
kind of awesome. I think. But it's, <laughs> yeah. it's more like they're just trying to be helpful. Like they miss this so much that they're just trying to be helpful now. No, you know, I've actually heard things like that too. Like I think it was one story where a lady, uh, like a woman has a baby, the baby's crying. She goes to check out the baby and there's like an old lady looking person like standing over the crib comforting the baby. And I'm just like, what? That would be freaky if I saw that, but also kind of cool, I think. Right. I think that spirits are good as long as they're being helpful, you know, or they're like not angry and they're or demonic, you know. Yeah, like, I think I think most people think of spirits in like a bad light that like they're if they're haunting somewhere then they're not good. I tend to maybe it's just my own like scaredness, but I tend to like think that most ghosts are good. They're just, they don't know what to do. They're, they're trapped and they're scared and they're just, they're lost and they need help. Like, that's what I prefer to think. <laughs> I don't want to think that a ghost is going to rip my face off. So, um, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> no. And I, and I don't think that even if they're angry or whatever, I think they can do maybe some physical harm. Yeah. I think that it's mostly, like energy draining and yeah. causing health problems if they're very angry entities, you yeah. know. And I've actually heard things like that too. So it's like, um, I don't know. I've never encountered a ghost like that. So I don't know. <laughs> but. Yeah. So what else do we got going on at this house? I'm really, I love this house. Um. So there's one last thing. And it was, um, I don't, I'm not sure exactly what year. I think it was like 2002. For some reason, I didn't write it down because, again, I'm an idiot. So they call it the Boo Zoo. And it's um, KOA 850. I got a shout out for KOA. Uh, it's the local radio station. And they do a Boo Zoo. And so they do tours of like haunted and creepy places for, for Halloween. And um, it, I think it's like sometimes they do like live. Um, segments from like the creepy place that they're at so um a member of the um radio station uh like team the, the crew decides um uh, like they all go to this house and so he decides he's gonna sleep in the basement so he goes down to the basement and I think he's kind of like checking it out looking for a place that he's gonna bunk down for the night you know and I guess he looks over in the corner and he sees a figure standing next to the fireplace in the corner. And at first he thinks it's a person. And then he kind of does like a double take. And it's just a head floating like near the fireplace. <laughs> oh, I seriously got the chills. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, you're right. He like looks over. <laughs> Could you even imagine that there's just a head floating? <laughs> like, I would nope the hell out of that place. Right. Like, I think, I would. Yeah, exactly. I think like specter body parts are like the creepiest. <laughs> Right, just like floating heads. Yeah, exactly. So just feet. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, there's like a leg or like what? Um, so yeah, so like of course he like freaks out and he like apparently there's not supposed to be anybody in that. I don't know if they segment themselves off so like it's like one person per part of the house, you know. But um, he pretty much realizes that nobody's supposed to be there. <laughs> and he runs upstairs to try to see if somebody was down there. Even though at this point, I think he realizes that he saw just a head. And <laughs> that it obviously couldn't be a real person. Um, so I guess, I don't, 
I think as they spend the night there, they do their broadcasts and all that. Well, the next day, one of the children of the owners says, yeah, that's where we always see a man standing when we're in the basement. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that's pretty much the last like story. I'm interested to see the castle project to see if, um, you know, the, the newest owner has any like actual stuff that he says. Um, I think there's not a lot of reports about it because there is the, the movie. So I think they want people to watch that, you know? <laughs> I'm actually really excited. I wrote it down in my notes here. Yeah, totally. I really want to look for it and see if I can watch it so, just to see, like, I think Heck, it's, yeah. well, it's interesting that it turned, you know, it was, oh, we're going to film the process of this renovation and it turns into like this this paranormal ghost hunting thing instead. Documentary, so, yeah, exactly. So I'm kind of interested to see what, what he has to say about it. But uh, that's really the last like publicly reported instance um, that I could find. So um, all in all, I think this house is pretty damn creepy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And just something that big and that old, yeah. it automatically has a creep factor. Totally. I feel like if you walk in there and you're like, sad, like it just even like redone and all beautiful. Like, I feel like you might get the creeps no matter what, like, right. especially right. in the basement. Apparently the basement's where a lot of people feel like just creeped out the most. <laughs> like, Which we have talked about basements before. Oh yeah. I think, I think people know my feelings on basements. They're freaky. Just in general, basements are creepy. <laughs> For real. Just generally speaking. But I feel like if I'm going to see a ghost, it's going to be in a basement. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> like... Right. Well, you know, if you think about it, like, if back in, like, the 1800s, if somebody had died in the house, they would have stored them in the basement. Right, where it's cooler, right. Where it's cooler, you know, and especially in Colorado, because it's freaking freezing in the wintertime, it would be... You know, like, that would be the best place to store because it's underground. The ground is frozen. It's really cold down there. Right. So, like, and I would I would think that if anything were to happen, like, like death or something like that, right. it would be centered around the basement to begin with. Right. Right. And that's a good point because, like, I don't, I'm sure a lot of people that are interested in paranormal are interested in history because how could you not be? But right. the practices that they used back then were a lot different. Like nowadays when someone dies, like we send it off to the mortuary and, you know, other people deal with it. But back then, you know, it was kind of the bodies in your house until it goes for burial. Like they have, right. right they have, body viewings for like a week and then finally they, or longer sometimes right some exactly it's over a month they have a body viewing right and that's when you walk into a room and the room's full of flowers because the smell is so bad right <laughs> which really freaks me out but i don't know it, it freaks me out too i've, well, I've looked really at pictures of like viewings from yeah. like the 1800s yes and they are creepy as shit man tristan i have like a weird obsession with those kind of things really freak me out, but I, I'm sure you've seen them. The, uh, the more, I, I can't remember exactly what they're called, but the photos of the dead that they would take. Where they like stand them up like yes! they're alive. I love those. And right. I don't, I don't like it, but for some reason I have this weird obsession with like looking at it. 
<laughs> it's a sickness, actually. <laughs> I I love those photos because I'm like, this is so wonderfully creepy. <laughs> it's so creepy. But then they did things that I'm like, oh, I might do that. Like where they would like make jewelry out of like a hair, like some hair, you know, and like some of those things that I'm like, that's okay. <laughs> so for me, I don't know, like keeping keeping things from the, okay so like if you if somebody dies and you have them cremated and you have their ashes i think that's okay right but if you keep like a lock of hair or like say a gold tooth for some reason oh why why are someone rips on what's teeth man i've read some weird stories so i don't tell you. i don't like that <laughs> <laughs> but like if you like i don't think that you should keep the things of the dead because i think that anchors them here so that's really interesting because like a lot, if there's like a lot of like stuff happening, paranormal and you like learn that your great grandma kept like a locket of her mother's hair or something. And it, you know, I think that might actually be true. Like, Well, I, I think it is too. I mean, even if you like take like these haunted dolls, yeah, right. Okay. So like a lot of times, in like the early like in the 1700s early 1800s when they made dolls for children they actually used the children's hair Freaky. or hair of a family member right so i'm like you're anchoring that person now to the earthly realm that's an interesting yeah so these dolls that are like 100 200 years old right could very well have real human hair connected to Ooh. them when and then like of course these people are no longer going to be alive so now you have these dolls with real human hair and now that person that the hair belonged to is now anchored to this doll <laughs> that's why and, the doll is haunted right and like honestly these things i think they should just be burned yeah i probably would agree with that <laughs> get rid of you know what i mean like the annabelle doll Hell yes. no. Oh my god. I don't even know why anybody would have that anywhere near them. I'd be like, get that. like Zach Baggins has the Annabelle doll. Yeah, in like, his museum. In you're so lucky because you live in Nevada. You could just go to his museum. But I... So interesting thing about his museum, you have to sign a waiver to even go in the building. Why? Why? Because evidently like there's like things in this building that could really disturb you. What? And you could honestly bring something home with you. Oh, I don't like that. I'm down with being disturbed. Right. I'm down with being disturbed, though. Right, and uh, so that you have to sign a waiver before you even go in the building. That's freaky, isn't it? Is it a place so scary you have to sign a waiver to even go into? Listen, I don't want anything to follow me home, but I definitely want to go to that museum. <laughs> right, maybe that should be one of our stops. Um, yeah, maybe if Zach Baggins ever listens to this, he'll let us in for free. What's up, Zach? Right? Right? <laughs> I doubt that will happen, but we'll see. <laughs> I know, it would be fun. All right, so, um, so yeah. You guys have been listening to my my lovely history of the Croke Patterson Inn in Denver. Um, I'm going to throw some pictures up probably in the description or like the thumbnails or something just so people get an idea. And of course go to their website because they have, um, you know, it's a, it's a B and B. So they're taking bookings. And if you want to visit, totally visit and let me know what's up. Cause we want to hear that. Right. 
Like, yes, put it in the comments. Yeah. We want to know. Totally. Yeah. Comment, comment on that. And, uh, yeah. And, um, so like we said before, if you guys want to hear anything in particular, um, we are always down to do research, I think. So if you have a place that you've heard of that you think might be creepy and you want us to do some research and talk about it on here, let us know, let us know in the comments. And, um, I think, I think people need to subscribe to us. I think, and, uh, <laughs> they need to turn on yes. those, those notifications so they don't have to yes. worry, worry about trying to, to find our new, our new content. Let, yes. Let, and if you guys want to see us keep going, like subscribe and turn on your notifications. So that way you'll never miss an episode. Right. Cause I feel like we're going to keep doing this. Um, cause it's fun, but if people don't like watching it, well, then that, that makes me sad, but I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> yes just don't but, tell, just don't tell me you don't like it <laughs> just don't watch you know what I'm, I'm like that attitude i wish you would <laughs> i know yeah i know you you don't mind i just don't want people to be mean to me because i'm nice i'm a nice person <laughs> right well if if you're mean i mean well if you're mean i, I might be mean back and, and definitely lose a viewer so <laughs> i don't know <laughs> I don't know. I got some very big boys on my side, so That's better true. not be mean. <laughs> your, your house is full of, of boys and a tiny little pixie girl, so. Right. And not even, like, just boys, like giant boys. Yeah, they're all huge. That's true. I can totally vouch for that. <laughs> I don't know if, I don't know if when we load this, um, they'll be able to see in the background. They're, like, moving furniture through my house right now behind me. Yeah. They're not right now, but they were moving furniture. Through my house they're like carrying big ass beds through the house <laughs> yeah so i did see that and uh that's a warning to anybody that thinks to be mean to us <laughs> right, that, that could that could be your body later so watch it right I'm it's just, on the couch i'm just kidding i'm not threatening anybody <laughs> <laughs> seriously well <laughs> and if you were it'd be okay what, yes, what it wasn't it wasn't a direct threat. So, so it's a, it's right. cool. It's cool. So anyway, um, I think we're gonna end this here. I'm Rebecca, and I'm Tristan, and you have been listening to the Paris Sisters. And so make sure you subscribe and do that notification bell. Thanks, guys. For sure. For we'll check you. out next time. Yeah, on the flip side. twilight these sisters discuss the paranormal and the unnerving they are known as the para sisters